Hello again, this is Jason Stone. I am also known as my online moniker of Magic Lasagna. This is my fifth podcast. I don't know much about what to talk about, per se. It's not that I'm really out of content. It's just I don't really have anybody stimulating me to help me move forward. So, as far as sales go, I'm going to talk about some things that, you know, are quotes or that mean things to me. Things that help me move forward in my business and help me, you know, go forward. Um, a lot of the quotes are by famous people, and uh, they're very easy to understand, but I do like to dissect them in my own head a little bit. It uh, definitely helps if you have somebody else explain it to you, and then you throw your own interpretation into it. Um, to me, and I don't want to ruffle anybody's feathers about this, really, um, it's kind of like the Bible. It's 100% self-interpretation, and... Your self-interpretation is going to tell you a lot about yourself as a human being and the way that you think about things and possibly even the way that you decide to move forward and use those things to your benefit. Because if you use those things to your benefit, that's how you increase your sales and you increase your value. Um, I believe that I did go over it earlier about if anything was easy, it wouldn't have value, you know. If you could go out into your front lawn and pick a gold bar up, you know, like a three kilo gold bar, um, your jeweler wouldn't think it was worth any money. He would just be like, hey, well, everybody does that all the time. Um, so this is worth, you know, 10 cents, you know, because you picked it up out of your front yard, kind of like a piece of quartz or something. You know, that's one of the reasons why quartz isn't valuable is because you can find it everywhere. Um, one of the reasons why you find that gold and platinum and other precious metals they're called precious because they're not easy to find they aren't just laying everywhere all over the place all the time and uh, even if they were you know the smart people have picked them all up and hoarded them and made sure that it becomes a very rare thing and that's through their hard work you know of uh, accumulating those things That being said, my first quote is a great one because we've actually talked about this a little bit. We've kind of uh, touched on it. It says that our greatest weakness lies in giving up. The most certain way to succeed is always just to try one more time. Thomas Edison. Um, I do know that there's a certain you know, stigma about Thomas Edison. You know, I guess he was a slave owner or whatever. But he was a product of his times, you know. Being a product of your times is something that happens to everybody throughout their life. Like right now, today, you know, we're dealing with things like COVID. And in the future, you know, COVID might re be regarded as something that wasn't a really big deal because there could be the next big pandemic or something that makes COVID look like a joke. Um... That being said, our greatest weakness lies in giving up. That's a super important one because I see this all the time. There are new guys that come around the dealership. We call them green peas in the car business. Um, you might call them something else like wherever you are, like trainees or you know probates or something like that. But um, our green peas, their greatest weakness lies in giving up. I talk to them all the time about it. I try to motivate them and help them move forward. 
I explained to them, listen, our stupidest, our dumbest salesperson at my dealership will probably make 60K a year. All they have to do is just listen to what they're told to do. Um, and that's not an exaggeration. I mean, at my desk, I've probably got, you know, between all of the upper management, I've probably got 50 to 100 years of experience in car sales. And the one thing about sales, whether it be cars or, you know, cameras or anything else that you're selling, nothing's ever really changed throughout the years. You know, you have something that people want. They want to come pay you for it to get it. And you utilize a certain technique, whether it be explaining the features and the value and the function of it, um, to explain to them why they should want your product, you know. Um, in cars, you know, it could be Kia versus Mazda. Or it could be, in cameras, it could be Kodak versus Nikon. You have to explain and articulate certain things about your product as to why it's better or to why they want that product instead of the other one. I mean, it might not be better. Maybe it's less expensive. Um, that used to happen to me all the time back when I was selling cameras. You know, When I first started selling cameras, a 3 or 4 megapixel camera was a big deal. You know, I mean, you're spending a few hundred bucks on it back then. Now you can spend like, I don't know, like $20 and get a 3 megapixel camera like it's garbage. Back then, you know, Nikon, they were a big deal because... They had the Canon SLR, SLRS, I believe it was called, um, the Rebels, and they were like $2,000, but they were like a 20 megapixel camera. It was the closest thing to 35 millimeter film you could get. So, you know, obviously if you wanted to make money, you would try to sell something like that, but not everybody just has an extra $2,000 laying around 15, 20 years ago back when I was selling, you know. So that being said, uh, you would make up for it by volume. There is a old saying, it is a gross is vanity, volume is sanity. So instead of selling, you know, one $2,000 camera, you would sell 10 $200 cameras. I mean, this is something that I did, you know, they, uh, they compensate you based on a few different factors when you're selling, you know, hardware things, um, as opposed to other things. And most of the time it's not very much. Um, car sales is the only business that I've been in so far where you're actually paid what you're worth because there's no cap. So that being said, if I'm a $60,000 salesman, that's what I'm worth and that's what I'm going to get paid. If I'm a $200,000 salesman, that's what I'm worth and that's what I'm going to get paid because, again, the old saying is, you know, grossest vanity, volume is sanity. It kind of goes hand in hand with the old saying of, uh, you know, was that uh, pigs get fed, hogs get slaughtered? You can't be too greedy because if you are, then your customer basis won't be the kind of customer basis that will ever return to you. It doesn't really matter. Um, the most important thing that we've discussed is that happy customers make more happy customers, period. It's just the way that life is. The more repeat and referral business you can get from customers, the better off you're going to be down the road. No matter what you do and the way that you do it, if they're willing to tell somebody, hey, that guy Jason is awesome, go see him, you've already paid yourself more money than the, than the first commission ever would have, even if you're paying out referral bonuses and stuff. Um, so I think that our greatest weakness lies in giving up. 
goes back to what I was talking about with the Green Peas, the, the new guys. Uh, the young bucks that come in there and think they're going to make $20,000 on their first month without any hard work. They think they're not going to have to make that 100 phone calls a day. They think that um, their first month is just going to be this magical month where they make all the money that all the veterans that have been in the business for years are going to make. And then they don't. So what they do is they give up. They quit. I watched a guy today. This is literally today. He'd been there like three, four days. I watched him walk over to the to the time clock, clock out, leave a note on the desk that just says, I quit, and he walked out to his car and left. This is a kid that's probably made no more than 25 grand a year his entire life, period. Like... He's been working nothing jobs for like $10 an hour, uh, capping himself at that $10 an hour because once you decide that you make $10 an hour, you work 40 hours a week, you made $400. That's it. There's nothing extra, nothing else. Most companies aren't allowing overtime. And even if they are, there's only so much overtime that you can work. Um, so we're talking what? Time and a half is 15 bucks an hour? Great. You just made $600 a week. You do the math, 6, 12, 18, 24, you made $2,400 that month if you worked, you know, what, a bunch of time. Like, you killed yourself for the same amount of time that you would have put in, you know, making $10,000 a month in sales. Um, you know, I, I don't know what kind of person you are, but I know that if I, I were offered a job make, working 60 hours a week for, you know, $2,400 a month or 60 hours a week for making $10,000 a month, I know which one I'm going to pick every time. It's a super easy decision. The second half to that quote is, the most certain way to succeed is always just to try one more time. That breaks back into the determination factor that we've talked about before on this podcast. You have to be determined to do certain things. You have to be dedicated. Um, you just try one more time. I was always told for a long time that 99 no's and one yes is a yes. All you need is that one yes. It's like uh, Mark Cuban, big fan of his. Um, it's like he used to say, you only have to be right once. Now, he's really talking about more on, along the investment side of things and stuff. But you could really apply that to anything. You only have to be right once. Which is the same thing as 99 no's and one yes is a yes. If you ask somebody something a hundred times and they tell you no 99 times and they tell you yes one time, you're good to go. Um, I did say that this was going to be raw and unfiltered, but you know, as far as the guys go, even the girls go. You know, it doesn't matter who you are, or what you are. Um, a lot of us in our adolescent years, you know, where we're young, 20, you know, 18 to 25 years old a lot of us are really trying to go out and get laid half the time like that our hormones are crazy and uh, that's all we really want to do you know i mean it doesn't matter if you're a girl guy it just doesn't so you know um think back you know guys or girls think back if you've ever asked somebody to have sex with you and you know they may have told you no they may have told you yes but you know has there ever been a time where you had to ask a couple of times you know, guys, you, you talk to that girl, you know, she says no the first date, she says no the second date, but, you know, the fourth or fifth date, maybe she says yes. It's the same concept with sales, you know. 
all you want to do is keep asking. Keep asking your questions, who, what, when, where, why, how. You know, those are all very important questions. Um, I actually drew up like a little matrix for myself to remind myself to ask all of those questions when I first started. I used to do a lot of little things when I first started in the business to remind myself of certain things or try to convince myself to do certain things, to think outside of the box, so on and so forth. I'm going to have a little drink break real quick. One of the things I did to remind myself was I posted a little post-it note on my computer that just said, ask all the questions. And then at the bottom it said, who, what, when, where, why, how. Uh, one of the biggest questions you can ask anybody all the time, if you're trying again and again and again, is why. Um, I routinely refer to myself as a five-year-old. I say that I ask why as much times as a five-year-old does. Have you ever had a conversation with a five-year-old? A five-year-old will ask you why about anything. It doesn't matter what it is. Hey, the sky is blue. Why? Uh, the grass is green. Why? Um, Power Rangers are the best. Why? It doesn't matter. That kid's going to ask you why enough to make your eyes bleed. Um, and you should do the same thing because it doesn't matter what the objection is. If you ask why, they're going to respond. They're going to tell you an answer. You know, the price is too much. Why? I'm not ready to move forward. Why? I have to talk to my wife, husband, significant other. Why? Honestly, like I said, I just tell new guys a lot of times, ask why until you can't breathe anymore. Um, why is probably the most important question because why always leads to how. And the how is how do you sell them this product? Because if you ask them why enough, they will, people will literally tell you how to sell them something. Um, there's an old saying, you know, first person to speak loses. And that's because normally if you present somebody with numbers and figures and stuff like that, the first person to speak is going to lose because they're going to tell them how to sell or how not to sell something. So if the customer speaks first, most of the time they're going to say something like, oh, the payment's too high or the price of the car is too high or the price of the camera is too high. Or, uh, you know, I have to talk to my wife, whatever. They're going to tell you exactly how to sell them a car. On the flip side, if the salesperson talks first, he's going to tell them the way to pressure down on them and negotiate a different figure or something. Because they're going to, they're going to speak out of turn. And most of the time when a salesperson speaks out of turn, they're basically mouthing their opinion of what's wrong with the deal ahead of time. So that being said, the most certain way to succeed is always to try one more time. And if you keep trying one more time, and one more time, and one more time, you will eventually win, no matter what it is. Do you think that professional baseball players get the way they are by trying one time and quitting? No. They try over and over and over and over and over to hit that home run. They try over and over and over and over and over to hit that, uh, throw that curveball, right? Um, the amount of practice that goes into perfect technique in any sport or any career path or business or anything is something that be eventually becomes a muscle memory. 
Um, I don't know how many of you know this, but I was a sheriff's deputy for about four years. And when we went through law enforcement training school in North Carolina, which is like the third hardest to pass in the nation. I think Hawaii's is the first and maybe Texas is the second. But North Carolina has one of the highest requirements for hours put in and uh, certain subjects covered out of anybody in the entire nation. When we went to the gun range for the first time to start shooting guns, they gave us plastic guns. I mean, I know it sounds silly, but the whole purpose was to learn how to draw our weapon without blowing our foot off or shooting somebody else on the range. They told us that 2,000, the, the time that you do two, something 2,000 times, it becomes muscle memory. So they literally made us stand around half the damn day and just draw our weapons from our holster. So we'd done it like 2,000 times. They uh, put the fear of God in us of protecting our holster side where if, you, if any of the instructors ever came up to you and snatched your plastic gun out of your holster whether they got you from behind or the side or the front or anything, you had to do 100 push-ups. Like, you don't want to lose this gun because nobody really wants to do an extra 100 push-ups because by that time, I mean, it's really like you've done two or 300 push-ups by the end of the day because they put you through PT every day. So they made us draw our weapons 2,000 times before we were ever allowed to get a live gun and shoot live ammo. And part of that was because, they say, once you do that, the, the feeling of being able to reach down and pull up your weapon becomes muscle memory. Muscle memory for me and for other uh, professional salesmen that work really hard to do these sort of things are other values, like being able to mirror a customer. Uh, it comes so naturally to me. I was giving a coaching session to a real estate agent recently and I was explaining to her you know how important mirroring was and she was like I don't really get it uh you know whatever and I was showing her I said listen I've been mirroring you the entire time we've been speaking about this entire topic um and she was like what do you mean I was like look at me I was like look at my body language I was like you're leaning over with your your chin on your palm I'm leaning over with my chin on your palm you're using your right hand to speak and demonstrate uh, body language. I'm using my right hand to speak and demonstrate body language. So then she sat up straight in her chair, like clockwork. You know, it was complete instinct. I ended up sitting up straight in my chair. And she was like, haha, you're doing. I was like, I didn't even mean to do that. That was just complete muscle memory from mirroring customers for so long. It just happens. After you do it a certain amount of time, you're going to do it pretty much accidentally most of the time. Uh, mirroring customers also involves speaking like they speak. If they speak slang, you speak splang, slang. Splang. <laughs> That's funny. Um, if they cuss, you know, if they say the word fuck, you're more than welcome to just go ahead and do it with them. And they'll probably respect you even more for it. Um, so if they're dropping the F-bomb, I'm dropping the F-bomb. If they're talking prim and pop proper and about their stock portfolio... I'm going to do the same thing. Whatever makes them feel the most comfortable with me as their salesperson. Uh, that being said, it's very important to do that, and it's very important to just keep trying. Uh, one of my old sales managers used to tell me all the time, um, I would tell him stuff like, hey, I'm trying. And he would say, as a wise man Yoda once said, 
do or do not, there is no try. And I didn't quite understand it because it was fairly early on in my career. But, um, yeah, it's actually true. Just do it or don't do it. Like, there's no trying to do something. You can't just go through life acting like you're trying to do something. Either do it or you don't. Either be a man or don't, you know. Or a woman, I guess. Um, so, yeah, like, just the most certain way to see it is just keep trying again. Over and over and over. Try one more time. That's by Thomas Edison. It's one of my favorite quotes. Um, another one is a is a less a much less known quote. It's a become the person who would attract the results you seek. Wow, I just literally spoke about mirroring, and one of my second quotes of all time is become the person who would attract the results you seek. That's by Jim Cathcart. Cathcart. <coughs> He could mean so many things by this. He could be talking about mirroring. He could be talking about emulation. Or, uh, you know, what's that old saying? Uh, most sincerest form of flattery is imitation, right? Um, so that could be a big one. Uh, become the person who would attract the results you seek. That could be a complete persona change. That could could be from becoming, you know, a beta and then becoming an alpha, you know? I have a much different personality at work than I do in my real life, and uh, that's because I have to be a go-getter. I have to be able to, you know, approach people quickly and confidently, and say things that I wouldn't normally say to my friends or family, you know. Um, and that's just from you know within the thir first thirty seconds to a minute of meeting somebody, you should be able to know what you can and can't say, and can and can't get away with. Uh, most of the time, you can say and can get away with a lot of stuff. But um, that's because most of the time it's not about what you say, it's about how you say it. So become the person who would attract the results you seek by Jim Cathcart. Um, not a lot of people would know that quote as opposed to a Thomas Edison quote. Um, but still famous person, you know, probably knows what he's talking about. I always refer to people that are m much more wealthy and much more, uh, you know, prominent than I am. I'm pretty much a nobody compared to somebody like Thomas Edison or, you know, Mark Cuban or even uh, Jim Cathcart. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of people that I do respect. I mean, you know, like uh, Walt Disney, you know, big fan. He said, the way, the way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing. Um, it goes back to Yoda pretty much. Do or do not, there is no try. You know, quit talking and do. Just do it. Um, but that being said, that's going to conclude tonight's podcast. My name is Jason Stone. Uh, my online moniker is Magic Lasagna. I uh, would do whatever I can to help you out. So long as I have some time, just shoot me a text message or give me a call. My phone number is 910-515-0890. Um, I don't know if you guys are think I'm playing or not, but that's my direct cell phone number. I'll give that out to anybody. I don't even care because I can talk to anybody about anything at any time. Um, if, you know, even if you're, if you're just like depressed and you want somebody to talk to for a minute, I'm down for that too, because, uh, that's just the type of person I am. So, uh, call or text me if you need something. Um, you can email me at magiclasagna at magiclasagna.com. Um, obviously the quickest way is the text messaging. Um, I'll answer those a lot quicker than the phone call too. So, uh, if you need anything, let me know. Otherwise, um, I hope you have a great night, day, whatever it is for you and, uh, just remember that I don't really care how successful you are because I'm always going to be successful. Adios.